Turn with me to Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5 and verse 11. A number of years ago, someone was telling me about this little boy who had been neglected by his parents, and he was behind mentally, he was behind socially, uh, relationally, uh, and uh, he was behind even physically in his development. Uh, but uh, thanks to some good foster parents, uh, he was m- making time and catching up and uh, being where he needed to be. Um, you know, many times Christians, I think, are developmentally delayed. Uh, and it's not necessarily because of God not taking care of them, because God provides what we need. But it's because of a choice not to pursue the things of God uh, or if, if they do hear the things of God, to not follow them in obedience. Um, and, you know, this is, a, this is a serious issue because if we don't grow spiritually and we don't develop in our walk with God, then we are not equipped to deal with the problems and, and troubles that come up in our lives. Uh, we're also not equipped to help other people. And uh, I think of this uh, sometimes as I look at, um, generations and so forth, you know, where's uh, the next generation that is going to come and so forth in, in the church. And uh, as God's people, we pass on what we've learned, right? The older men usually mentor and help the younger men, the older women, uh, Timothy tells us, uh, are to, to help the younger women and so forth. But But you can't do that if you don't know uh, what you believe, and you haven't grown spiritually, you're ill-equipped to help somebody else. And so uh, this is truly a need, I think, for the church today, um, just in general, uh, to, um, to develop spiritually so that we can be of use in the kingdom of God. Well, the people that uh, the author of Hebrews is writing to uh, are dealing with a problem very much like I just described, they are spiritually lazy. That's what the word actually means. They're sluggish. They're careless. These are different ways to translate the, the Greek word. But uh, they are not progressing in their walk with God. And uh, part of that probably was the fact that they weren't really seeking the Lord and weren't attentive to the things that were being taught. But it was also the fact that they were slow to obey. Uh, He mentions in chapter 6, laying again a foundation of repentance. Uh, They're kind of going in circles in their spiritual walk. They're the same place they were some time ago. And he says, hey, by now you should be teachers, uh, teaching, you know, not necessarily a a teacher as an office in the church, but at least teaching somebody and helping somebody in their walk with God. But you're not in the place where you can do that because you've not developed as you should. Um, so this is, this is an important thing. It's important for the individual, but it's also important for others. Um, and uh, he calls them spiritually dull. Um, you've known people in your life that are dull, right? Uh, hopefully you've got some people around you that are interesting so you don't get too bored in your life. But uh, this is a little different dullness. This is a dullness toward the things of God. Um, Sometimes you become dull in hearing when you don't want to hear what's being said, right? 
uh, it, I used to think it was hilarious, the difference in response if I said, who wants to take out the trash, or if I said, who wants to get pizza? Uh, those two things brought different, and, and I said at the same level, same, same volume, and got two different responses. Well, we didn't hear you, Dad. <laughs> and uh, taking out the trash, but uh, boy, the ears perk up when you talk about pizza. And so, uh, in, in the same way, sometimes people have a, a choice of how they listen, and we can become dull to the things of God. And a lot of times that comes about with familiarity, right? We become familiar with the things of God, and they lose their, their uh, vividness to us. And, uh, but it's more than that. It's also uh, this idea of not growing because we're not seeking God the way we should. So... All of these are things, I think, that are, that are preventable. Uh, preventable through the power of the Holy Spirit. So the title of my message is The Danger of Dullness. The Danger of Dullness. And, and we'll begin reading in Hebrews 5 and verse 11. It says, We have a great deal to say about this, and it is difficult to explain, since you have become too lazy to understand. Although by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. You need milk, not solid food. Now, everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with the message about righteousness because he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, for those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teaching about Christ and go on to maturity not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, faith in God, teachings about ritual watching, washings, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And we will do this if God permits. So the danger of dullness, what dangers are there? Well, first of all, the person who has become dull to the things of God has, uh, makes no progress in their spiritual walk. So that's the first danger, no progress. Uh, verse 12, although by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. You need milk, not solid food. So there's no progress in their spiritual lives. Now imagine for a second that when I became two years old, I stopped progressing in every way in my life, okay? Okay. I wasn't progressing mentally. I had the rationale of a two-year-old. Some of you might say, well, you still do, buddy. <laughs> but uh, uh, the, the rationale of a two-year-old, the, the, say I still was the height of a two-year-old. Uh, say I had the relational skills of a two-year-old. You know, if you take something I like, uh, I'm going to throw something at you, you know. Uh, and uh, I never progressed beyond the two-year-old maturity level. That would be a problem for me, wouldn't it? If I'm an adult and I'm living life on a two-year-old plane, I'm not equipped for life. I, I don't have the relational skills to, to marry anybody. Nobody with any sense would want to marry me, okay? Uh, I, I don't have the ability to hold down a job or make a living. Uh, I don't even have the ability to get along with people my age because I don't have the maturity level to deal with that. Uh, I don't have discernment. I probably anybody could lead me astray that wanted to look. You know, the telemarketer, we, I mean, we got some e emails uh, this past week. Uh, boy, have we got a deal for you. You know, if you'll just give us your bank account number, we will uh, take care of all this for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, 
yeah, they'll take care of it all right. And so, uh, uh, but, but I, if I never progressed past that age of maturity, I would be in serious trouble because I had made no progress in growing up. The same thing is true spiritually. One reason I believe that the people uh, of the church are such easy prey for the enemy oftentimes is because they just haven't grown up spiritually. They were saved at some point in the past, but have uh, gotten to the point of being maybe a spiritual two-year-old and have never grown past that. And so they don't know how to deal with spiritual warfare. They don't know how to trust God. Uh, they don't have any discernment in spiritual things. Uh, and, and it is a real problem. Um, it's amazing when you, when you begin to look at statistics, and you can talk about uh, people, whether or not they're truly saved. I, I think there is a, uh, an issue there. If you leave the, leave the true church and you go to a false church, I think it is evidence that you've never truly known Christ. But, uh, but the number one convert to Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons, which are both cults, are Southern Baptists. Isn't that a sobering thing to think about? And I think many times it is because people never grow past that spiritual level of immaturity. There's no progress in their spiritual growth. Some people make great progress quickly. Remember Timothy? He became a pastor at an early age. And um, he, uh, God, God told, told him that he was to be a pastor. He was called by God. Paul said, hey, Timothy, don't let people despise your youth, but you be an example of the believers in word and conversation, spirit and faith and purity. And, uh, so he grew really fast, even though he was young in age. Other people go really slow, and you wonder, you know, you've been in church all your life, and you're still acting like you're spiritually two years old, you know? Uh, what's the deal? Uh, so, uh, oftentimes, the problem is this idea of dullness. Somewhere along the line, this person stopped surrendering to Christ, stopped obeying Christ, and began to just go through the motions of their Christianity. And they got in a holding pattern, and they never matured spiritually. So, the first danger of dullness is that you make no progress in your spiritual life. The second one is that you have no discernment. I mentioned this a, min a minute ago, but uh, look, at, uh, look at verse 14. Solid food is for the mature, for those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. Uh, verse 13 says they're, they're inexperienced. So the, the, the solid food is for those who are mature when you, when you have a baby, right? You, you, they, they drink milk. At the beginning. But at some point, hopefully, you get them over to solid food. I don't know how much a teenager, how much milk a teenager would have to drink to get satisfied, but I'm sure it would be a whole lot. Uh, there should be a transition from milk to solid food, right? The same thing is true spiritually. And if that transition doesn't happen, in other words, there's a difference. When you have a baby, what, is, what do you do with a baby? You feed it, right? Now, you know, if you're, if you're doing it the, the natural way that, uh, that God designed, the, the lady feeds the baby. But uh, if you did like uh, uh, Sharon and I did at one point, you get the bottle out and you stick the bottle in the baby's mouth. But the baby 
you know, they don't have a lot of ability to help themselves, right? They just cry. Yeah, I'm hungry is what that means. <laughs> uh, they, don't, they don't say, uh, okay, Dad, go over there and get the bottle and put it in some, warm it up for me. And, uh, you know, they don't give you instructions. They just cry because they can't do anything for themselves. But hopefully at some point, your baby grows to the place where they can feed themselves, right? And uh, I remember we, uh, we uh, saw David pigging out uh, at the high chair at the church fellowship, and some of the ladies had dumped a bunch of food on his plate, and boy, he was just going after it, you know, and, and when, you get, when they get to that age, it gets messy, but it's good, and it's normal, and uh, they have learned to feed themselves, and uh, that is where you begin to learn discernment. It's one thing to hear messages, and messages are good. You need that. You need to be fed spiritually, but you also need to feed yourself, and you need to learn how to feed yourself. And so uh, as you do, and as you begin to learn how to evaluate scriptures and how to look at scripture in context, and you get familiar with the message of scripture, you're able to identify the errors, uh, the errors of these false doctrines and false teachings. And um, it's amazing how many different varieties of errors that are out there. Sometimes I just have to shake my head. The devil, you know, he uses a lot of the same stuff, and he clothes it in different terminology. But uh, uh, it is truly amazing the variety of ways he, he tries to deceive people. And the answer for every one of those deceptions is found in the pages of Scripture. Um, and if you know the Word of God, you can spot it. You can spot the error. It's amazing. I... I used to have the Jehovah's Witnesses come to my church, uh, come to my church, they didn't come to my church, they came to my house in Texas, and uh, they would start having a conversation. I remember this one guy, he'd come and he said, uh, okay, uh, uh, I'm going to read you this verse, he read me this verse, and he said, this is what this means, and he said, now look at this verse, and I said, hang on a second, that's not what that verse means, If if you read it in its context, and here's the context. And I would tell him. And finally, after I did that four or five times, he started getting frustrated with me. He said, well, just let me finish. And I said, well, I said, if, what, if your argument is based on things that aren't true, you know, I don't know exactly what I said. Hopefully the Holy Spirit gave me something tactful to say. But anyway, uh, he, he, uh, he, didn't, he didn't like that. They kept sending new people to talk to him. And, the district guy came one day, and he was talking to me. And, uh, so, anyway, but, but it was easy to spot the error. Why? Because I knew the Scripture. And when you know the real thing, you can spot the phony. And so um, it's so important. It, you need to grow in your walk with God. And growth, spiritual growth involves two things. It involves information from Scripture, but it also involves obedience. And you can get all the information in the world. I know some people who know a lot about the Bible, but they're still spiritual babies. They still act like a spiritual two-year-old because they've not grown. They're unwilling to obey God, so they can tell you, you know, what... uh, some obscure passage says, and then they'll fight you to the death over some obscure uh, thing in the, in, the, in the Old Testament. Uh, 
that doesn't matter, but they have no spiritual growth. They, they've, not, they've not grown spiritually. They don't love people. Uh, they're not kind. Uh, they don't have the, the spiritual character qualities that, that accompany the filling of the Holy Spirit. They've not learned to walk in the Spirit. Why? Because they refuse to obey God. So that um, growth is measured not by so much what you know, although knowledge is part of it, but it's measured by is the character of Christ shining through my life? The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Uh, are these things evident in my life or in your life? If so, there's some evidence of spiritual progress. If not, you can, you can quote uh, uh, all kinds of theology books and so forth and still be a spiritual baby. Um, so... Um, the danger of dullness is that there's no progress, but there's also no discernment. True spiritual discernment comes when we feed ourselves and when we're, we're seeking to walk in obedience to God, and God will give us wisdom. And it's amazing. A lot of times you can pray for wisdom if you don't understand something or you're struggling with something, and God will provide the answer. Um, there have been times that... Uh, I have looked in theology books for an answer and couldn't find it. And I said, okay, God, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> I, nobody has said anything about my question. Uh, <clears throat> what am I going to do with this? I, I don't understand this. Lord, would you please give me understanding? I'm supposed to, I've got to get up and preach this stuff. I, mean, I don't want to lead people astray. Would you please give me an idea of what I'm, what I'm talking about? And it is amazing how God has done that at different times in my life. And he's, he's shown me what's needed. Um, a lot of times, too, as you learn to, to depend upon God, uh, he will bring Scripture to mind as you are in a conversation with somebody. It may be a believer, and God brings the Scripture to mind to encourage this other believer. It may be a lost person, and God brings the Scripture to mind uh, to be an instrument of the Holy Spirit to work a work of conviction uh, or information to help them understand the gospel. Um, but uh, the Spirit of God helps us with discernment, and so we can't quench the Spirit of God and have discernment in our walk with God. So uh, there needs to be a process of, of changing over from milk to meat, spiritually speaking, and feeding ourselves. But there also needs to be a pattern of surrender, and none of us are perfect. We've got to confess our sins and so forth and, and ask God to help us genuinely repent of our sin. But, uh, but there needs to be a consistent, regular surrendering of ourselves to God. Jesus said, if a man will follow after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. And so this is a regular thing that we must do if we're going to grow spiritually so the danger of dullness first of all no progress secondly no discernment thirdly no maturity no maturity um, verse 1 of chapter 6 says therefore let us leave the elementary teaching about christ and go on to maturity it's time to grow up <laughs> you, you might have had that that discussion with a teenager at some point uh, in your past 
hey, listen, it's time to grow up. Uh, you're, you're a teenager. You're about to go out on your own. You need to, to uh, man up or woman up or whatever the case may be. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, do, this, do this job or, or whatever it is. Um, let us leave the elementary teachings. Paul says in another place, uh, when I was a child, I, I thought as a child, I spoke as a child, and, uh, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Uh, so uh, that's kind of the idea here, uh, that we're growing. Uh, now, of course, in teaching, there are basics, the ABCs, uh, and then there is more advanced teaching that God does through his word. Um, and he's encouraging them to grow in their understanding so they can look into some of these more advanced teachings. Listen, I, I'm still amazed by the simple truth of Jesus Christ's redemption and what he has done in my life. How he forgave me, how he cleaned the slate uh, and, uh, and made me his child and sent the Holy Spirit to live within me. I'm about to get excited just talking about it. I, I love those things. But how great it is to understand the different aspects of that redemption. Now, I didn't understand the different aspects of that redemption until I was a pastor. <laughs> I, I, you know, I understood the gospel and the, and the, the basic gospel, but I didn't understand all the specifics of, of justification and reconciliation and all these things. And I remember just the first time I was reading about these things and studying for a series that I did here, I was just weeping. I was in my office. I was weeping. I mean, it just, it just nailed me to the core. This is so wonderful. Now, I would have been saved without understanding that. I would have been, uh, I've had the basic information about the gospel, but how rich and how wonderful it is to understand these deeper truths about what God has done for us. And we begin to understand God's heart. I, I remember um, the first time uh, that God, God was teaching me again. When, when I first had Megan, she, she was our firstborn. A lot of people think David was the oldest, but it was actually Megan was the oldest. Uh, I remember just this incredible feeling of love that came over me when I held her for the first time. About two days later, I was in my quiet time, and it just occurred to me, God loves me the way I love her. And I just started to weep. And it was something new that God had shown me uh, about why does he call himself Father? To communicate the love that he has for us. And it just blew me away. Now, I, don't know, I realize maybe those are not the deep, deepest truths in the world, but listen, I, to me, it was, it was wonderful. Listen, I don't want to just stay in one place. I want to learn the truths of God's Word. And listen, I'm convinced that I'll, I'll live a lifetime and I'll never get to all of it. it I, I preach through a lot of parts of the Scripture and, uh, most, or taught through uh, most parts of the Scripture. Uh, but I've learned this. Some of these books I have taught through several times. And every time I teach them, God shows me something new. There's new. I had a friend, uh, his name was Kelly uh, in Texas. He was a pastor friend, and he said, I love digging for the gold nuggets. <laughs> I love that. I've never forgotten that. Uh, but it's true. There's so much there. 
And so uh, let's leave this elementary teaching and move on to something more rich and something more, uh, more uh, satisfying as we, uh, as we study the Word of God. Uh, the person that is dull, spiritually speaking, misses many of these, these, uh, these truths and these, these treasures from God that he shows us in his word. And, and here's another aspect of that. I, I mentioned before the person who refuses to obey God but knows a lot about scripture. A lot of times they may know facts about scripture, but they don't know the scriptural importance of those facts. I've read some people with PhDs in theology, and I thought, I read what they said about a passage, and I thought, you missed the point. I mean, they're talking about all these different technical things, and I mean, it's real impressive. If you look what they say, it's real impressive. They just don't, they don't understand the point, right? And uh, they, they've missed it. So uh, spiritual maturity is not just understanding facts, but it is understanding the importance of these things for our spiritual lives. Because this is not just, God didn't just give us a bunch of facts. This is personal. Yes, there's a message to the people that uh, Malachi wrote to and spoke to. But there's also an, an abiding message for us. And uh, this is God's letter to us. This is God's ministry to us. Uh, this is God's help for us. And uh, yes, we have the Holy Spirit too. Praise God for that. But uh, uh, that spiritual maturity will come as we seek God and seek his truth and as we surrender to obey. So um, the danger of dullness, there's no progress, no discernment, no maturity, and finally no victory. If you look in verse 1, he says, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, uh, faith in God, uh, rich, ritual teachings about ritual washings or baptisms, um, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And we will do this if God permits. I, I focus on the repentance from dead works. And I was thinking about this in terms of this, this cycle of defeat. Many Christians live defeated lives. Now, there's none of us that are perfect. There's none of us that have victory all the time. We all fail, and the Bible says if you say you're without sin, you're a liar, the truth is not in you. Uh, but there is victory for the Christian. And Paul says, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works. And I think he's, he's putting his finger on something that was critical because the fact is they, they're not progressing. They're not surrendered to God. They've not repented of sin. They need to lay that foundation again. Listen, it's not enough just to repent when you get saved, right? I hope you do. And it's necessary. That first step of surrender to Christ is a necessary part of our trust in Christ. But repentance doesn't stop there. Repentance uh, should be a, a, a something that we do every time there's sin in our lives. But some people have no victory. So all they're ever doing is repenting. It's just laying a foundation of repentance. They're not moving on to new levels in their spiritual walk with God because they, they're stuck. They've, they've, never, they've never learned how to walk in the Spirit. 
they never learned how to, by faith, uh, quote the scripture and, and by faith to pray and let the Spirit lead you in prayer, how to, to do spiritual battle. And, and because they don't know these things, they live in defeat. That is not God's plan for you and me. God's plan is victory. Uh, he tells the Ephesians, don't you know the power of the resurrection lives in you? Think about that for a second. That is amazing. The power that we have, the authority that we have over the evil one and his forces. Uh, Jesus, Jesus told the disciples, uh, don't get excited about that authority. Get excited that your names are written in heaven. But, uh, but you have that authority. Uh, it is truly amazing. We have the ability by the power of the Holy Spirit and by faith. What does he say in Ephesians 6? Taking up the shield of faith wherewith we shall be able to quench some of the fiery darts of the wicked one? No, all the fiery darts of the wicked one. As we lift up the shield of faith and what God has said, we can walk in victory. And so, uh, the author of Hebrews is pointing out the fact that they're continuing to lay this foundation of repentance. There's no victory. And that is part of the problem with the danger and, and the danger of dullness. Is that you never learn to walk in victory. I can't think of a more miserable existence than to be a Christian who is constantly defeated by sin. Um, now, if you're in that boat, take hope. And, and take heart because uh, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And God has given you these things. But um, don't be satisfied to stay where you are. Uh, sometimes I'll have people say, well, you know, uh, I'm just weak. Well, we all are, right? What did Jesus say? Apart from me, you can do some things. Is that what he said? Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's all of us, even Billy Graham. You know, I mean, Billy Graham's with Jesus now, but uh, it, it, none of us can do anything in the spiritual life without his help and power. But we don't need to focus on our weakness. We don't need to hang our head in despair. We don't have to live in sin. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm dead to sin, and alive to God in Christ Jesus. I could say, I'm dead to that by faith. I have the Holy Spirit to quicken me. Uh, I love what Romans 8 says, uh, but uh, when we are, are quickened by the Holy Spirit, we'll not follow after the desires of the flesh. Uh, God has given us such an amazing victory. But the person who becomes spiritually dull will not move on into this victory. Why? Because they're not surrendered to God. I'm going to tell you something. If you're unwilling to surrender to God in every area of your life, if you're holding some room to yourself and you say, well, God, I'll give you everything else, but I'm not giving you this, you'll not have victory. If you're, if, if you're unwilling to follow God in obedience in one area of your life, it's enough to quench the Spirit of God and to cut off your power source. And what the devil does, the Bible says don't give the devil a foothold. Uh, in one place it says uh, a foothold or a toehold. In another place it says a stronghold. Uh, there seems to be a progression that 
when you hang on to a sin, you're giving de the devil an access in an area of your life to come against you. And what he does, he's never satisfied with that one room. He begins to try to branch out into other areas of your life. That's why you see people who uh, seem to be walking with God and who, um, who have followed God at one time, but they seem to just completely go off the rails. And you think, well, I never thought that person would do such a thing. A lot of times it is that very thing. There's a stronghold in their life that the devil has. And by the way, he has it only because we permit him to have it. But the devil gets that stronghold in their life and they become uh, gripped by this stronghold and the devil uses it to wreak havoc in their life. So... Um, this is why I surrender. Listen, Bible study is, is not something that's unimportant. It's critical. When you come to the Word of God in your quiet time, or you come to church to hear from God and you listen to His Word, this is something that is about a spiritual battle. I watched uh, the movie, um, uh, was, it Mid was it Midway? The Battle of Midway? I don't know. It's one of those old war movies, but it was a new version of it. And what I noticed was, not only did they fight, but they strategized, right? They would get around and they would talk about what the enemy was going to do. Well, we think the enemy's going to come in this way, or they're going to they're try this strategy. We think they're going to be here at this time. So we need to prepare our troops to, to fight them in this way and, and uh, have our ships in this position. And so they had a strategy. They, they were thinking about it ahead of time. Um, God has given us his word as our strategy. And it's not just the areas like Ephesians 6 that, that help us in spiritual battle. It's all of God's word. And as you respond, as you let God's word confront you, and by the way, did you know Bible reading should not always be pleasurable? Sometimes it should be uncomfortable. Sometimes it should confront you. Sometimes you should say, oh, I, I resemble that remark. <laughs> and and the, the beauty of that is when God shows you something like that, you have an opportunity. It's an opportunity for victory. Because as you deal with that sin in your life and you confess it to God, Lord, I sin and, uh, when I fill in the blank. And you ask God, Lord, help my heart to be completely surrendered to you. Help me to repent, genuinely repent of this and live for you. And, and you, begin to, you begin to turn from that sin and you make a choice. I'm going to turn in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to turn from this sin. I'm going to follow Christ. You are making a step of victory. Where does it begin? It begins in God's word. So the person that is dull to the things of God, and they may be hearing with their ears, but they're not really paying attention. They're not really eager to hear what God has to say. They've kind of turned down the volume, just like my kids did when I asked who wants to take out the trash. Uh, they're turning down that volume. They miss their opportunity for victory. So... The danger of dullness is that there's no progress, there's no discernment, there's no maturity, and there's no victory. Hearing what God says can make all 
the difference in your life. That happened for me when I was lost and I heard a message about salvation. Uh, it's happened for me many times as a Christian, as God has confronted me but with different things in my life. And uh, I'm so grateful that we have a God who tells us the truth. Aren't you? Uh, you shall know the truth, Jesus said, and the truth shall make you free. Uh, so uh, don't allow yourself to remain spiritually dull if you're in that position. Uh, in faith, and, you know, and, and you may have to come to God, and you may have to say, Lord, here, here I am. I'm not surrendered. I don't even want to be surrendered. You may have to just get real honest with God and just tell him. This is where I'm at. Listen, he never goes, oh, Roger, I, I'm shocked by that. I don't know if I can handle that. He knows exactly where I'm at anyway. He knows it. So I might as well admit it to him and turn it over to him so that he can help me with it, right? Because he's able. Listen, it may be true that apart from Christ, I can do nothing. But it's also true that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so as I bring my brokenness to Christ, he is the master at taking up uh, the, the lump of clay and again making it, fashioning a vessel uh, that is honoring to God. And so uh, he gets the glory for that. And uh, it's so, so wonderful. So uh, don't allow yourself to be spiritually dull, but pursue after God. What does the scripture tell us? He gives us a promise. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That's what God wants. He wants us to seek him with all our heart. He wants us to take up our cross daily and follow him. And as we do, we can live a vital, joyful, impactful Christian life uh, to the glory of his great name. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the warnings that you give us about uh, different things in our lives that are displeasing to you. And Lord, I know that, uh, that I'm speaking to a Sunday night crowd, but I also know that, uh, Lord, all of us struggle with these issues from time to time. And Lord, help us to truly seek after you with all our hearts. Give us your grace to trust you, Lord, to lift up the shield of faith that quenches all the fire darts of the wicked one. Uh, Lord, help us uh, to be fully surrendered to you. Give us grace by the power of your Holy Spirit to do that. And Lord, for any who uh, might be here tonight uh, that don't know Christ or who might listen to this online or something, Father, I pray that... Uh, you would give the grace for them as lost people to genuinely turn from their sin and put their trust in Jesus, uh, to choose to follow Jesus right now. And uh, Father, thank you for your promise that whoever calls on the name of the Lord in this way would be saved. And so we just give you praise and we give you glory for that. And we pray in Jesus' name.